0: Love
1: yeah. Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner.
0: And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson.
1: Brian, how are you doing on this uh, beautiful Wednesday?
0: It's hot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is, man. It's
0: hot. you'll be on a pretty sir.
1: hot show tonight, too. What's going on? What, what's the topic tonight?
0: The topic is called the blood
1: the blood man when i when i saw that title i was like what is brian up to now (laughs) what in the world is he up to now what 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 are you out there digging up man what 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 are you what are you bringing to the table tonight
0: you know tonight's show is going to be a very very serious and important show you know especially for african-americans you know when i when i came up with the title it was actually born out of a conversation I was having with a friend of mine, and, you know, well, and we'll get into it a little bit later about the conversation, but, you know, tonight's show is really going to deal with something that, you know, is not really talked about enough in the black community, and that topic is sickle cell anemia.
1: Okay, okay, yeah, that is something. You know, I didn't really know a lot about it until you know, I, I when I was in grade school, I had a couple of friends that were sick, but I never knew what it was, and and they were diagnosed with sickle cell, and and I tell you what, they had it, they they had a rough time with it. Uh, both of them are still living, uh, but when I got in high school, uh, another guy that I knew had transferred in, he had it, and he's no longer with us, so. It is something that's really, really serious, and it, it's, it's just something that need to be, you know, we need to definitely get checked uh, for it, and uh, you, just, you just never know.
0: Right, right. Um, for those who are just listening in, you're listening to the Abundance Solutions Hour, the call-in number if you want to call and ask questions or if you have any comments is 718-508-9600. That's 718 508 Nine six zero zero. You know, Greg, I was uh, just looking up some information about sickle cell anemia, and I want to give you everybody the, the definition that I found. Okay. Uh, it says that sickle cell di- anemia is a disease passed down through families in which red blood cells are at ab- an abnormal crescent shape. So red blood red blood cells are normally shaped like a disc. So if you think of a crescent, think of like the moon in a crescent moon, and that's the shape that the the blood cell would take, and uh, it says it's caused by an abnormal type of hemoglobin called hemoglobin S, and it's a protein inside red blood cells that carries oxygen, and it says uh, the hemoglobin S distorts the blood cell shape, and it causes it to carry less oxygen to the body's tissues, and it also can break up into pieces, and that disrupts the blood flow. So if you can imagine, it, it, what happens is you literally are starving your body for oxygen, and so you don't get that normal oxygen to your body. Your body doesn't, doesn't grow and develop normally.
1: Yes. But you know what, Brian, in the state of Florida, you know, we no longer have, you know, when we get married, they used to do blood tests. And I don't know if, if that was the reason. I I, I don't know. It, it's, it's been so long ago that they, they did that. But what do you think about them bringing that back? I'm, I'm sure if they did the blood testing between the husband and the wife or the soon-to-be husband and wife, I mean, don't you think that will solve a lot of the problems in the state of Florida?
0: Well, you know, Greg, is a thing called HIPAA, and, you know, your private medical records are just that. They're private. And so... That's one of the reasons why they don't require mandatory blood tests because then you would have to reveal your personal medical history to you know to that person who's not your spouse. And so you'd have to get you know, you'd have to go through paperwork and for the most part when you have those different types of disorders, the doctors are just saying that, you know, that's too much paperwork. You know, if somebody wants to do it voluntarily, that's great. But as far as like making us mandatorily do it you know, doctors are saying that they're overwhelmed with paperwork as it is, and so, you know, you get in a situation where they don't. You know, the same thing with, uh, like, with any disease. You know, you don't have to take a test before you get married. Uh, like, I, I deal in the realm of HIV. There's no mandatory HIV uh, test that you have to take before you get married. You know, right, just recently they, they started it for uh, pregnant mothers, but you can actually opt out, you know. But it's uh it they're they're trying to make it mandatory.
1: Right. You know, and and Brian, the reason I brought that up is I had a friend uh, that I played football with, and he had a trait. He carried a trait, and at the time, the, the girl he was dating, she carried the trait, but they didn't know they had it. So they had a baby, and this little boy. He has it now,
2: mhm,
1: so you know it was passed on, so my the reason i the reason- the reason I'm asking is you know if if they had this blood test, if they were going to get married or whatever, don't you think that would prevent them passing that on to uh their their child at least they would know that both of them are are carrying the trait you know it, this kid is suffering, he suffers all the time from it because mm-hmm. sickle cell it, it is a very painful, painful thing to go through mhm-.
0: You know, again, I mean, when you when you look at the the politics behind it, you know, and having to reveal that medical record, you, you want to say no because, you know, you have your privacy rights. But when you look at it from a practical standpoint, it makes perfect sense that you will want to know, at least going in, that there's a possibility that you could pass on a debilitating disease to your offspring. Right. You know, and so... You know, I don't know if that will prevent them from having a child. You know, I mean, they they get up to the point where they want to get married and they go get a marriage license and they find out, hey, you have the trait, you have the trait. You know, is that going to make them break up? Probably not. You know, they may be more careful, but if, you know, you're in a situation where both of them want to have a child, they may take that chance, you know, in hopes that that child doesn't, carry, you know, doesn't get sick of cell.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, Brian, do you know anybody that that dealt with uh, having this disease at a young age? Because, like I said, I saw it uh, when I was coming up in school, in grade school. And it was, I mean, the kid would come to school some days, and he would miss five or six days, and, you know, he would miss these days at a time. And some days he'd come, and he just looked so healthy and playing, and the next thing you know... No one sitting in his chair. So, you know, did you ever deal with that?
0: You know, I can vaguely remember in elementary, there was a kid who had sickle cell, and, you know, they wouldn't let him play any sports. You know, we played basketball, we played baseball. You know, one thing they definitely, I can remember that they would not let him play was dodgeball because he couldn't take getting hit from the ball. They they said that, you know, that his bones were weak because of the sickle cell, mm-hmm. and you know, just thinking about that, I went and read up on it today about you know some of the disease some of the things that can happen to you as a result of sickle cell anemia, and one of it is bone density loss, you know where your bones um and actually your joints don't uh, get enough oxygen, and so they don 't develop properly, and so your bones become really frail mm-hmm. and it can cause uh like curvature of the spine. I mean, there's a lot of different things um, that could cause you you know, to have joint pain, well, definitely joint pain, because your bones aren't growing, you know, and they're not strong enough to support the weight of your body. Mm-hmm. And so you're just in constant pain.
1: Wow. And, you know, and I saw this. And, you know, he, he used to take this medicine all the time. And you know how uh, antibiotics, penicillin or whatever it's called, I mean, you could smell this this uh, medicine, you know, and you're out playing and you're sweating, you could actually smell the penicillin uh, seeping from his body.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, it was, a, it was a tough thing for him. He was kind of embarrassed a little bit. And, you know, one day I went to his house and he was, you know, lying in bed in all this pain. And, you know, I'm just a kid. We're probably in the fifth or sixth grade, and I'm seeing him in all this pain. And, you know, his mom and dad, there was actually nothing that they could do. You know, they would take him to the hospital or whatever, but it was, you know, it was something that that the doctors they did treat him. I mean, you know, the doctors did what they they could do, but uh, it was definitely something that I mean, it's it's not something that you want to, to see anyone go through, but it, it is what it is.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. I mean, I um, I can recall, I believe it was in um, my junior year of college, uh-huh. and there was a guy that nobody knew he had it, you know, and I can remember it was the week of graduation, and we were getting ready to take our last final before, I think it was like a Thursday, and we all got the call because he was one of our classmates, Mm -hmm. and we all got the call that, you know, after he took his last final, he went home and died, you know, and... It just, it shocked everybody because they were like, he died, you know. Yeah. And it's like, well, did somebody shoot him? Did somebody kill him? And, you know, a person that was really close to him said he had sickle cell anemia. You know, and he was like, but you don't die from that, do you? And it was like, yes, it could kill you, you know. And, you know, you know how how some people are very good at masking yes he was an expert at it he could mask that pain he wouldn't i mean you would never know yes. in pain
1: yes yes
0: and so you see him i mean even when you you come by you rough him up cuz you know that you know how you you boys and you hey what's up man what's going on you <laughs> give him dap and all that stuff we had no clue that him just giving us Dap was painful. or us just give him a shoulder bump was painful for him. Yeah. you know Us shaking his hand with the firm handshake was literally painful for him. Yeah. And you still, you know and then you, when you sit back and you think about that and you wonder, wow, here's this person going through all this pain. And yet, you never know it. What was
1: his What was his mindset?
0: Uh, always happy. Always happy. He smiled. He laughed. He joked. I can't recall a time where I saw him upset, or mad, or sad, or anything. You know, he was always. You know how you have people that are like just happy go lucky. Yeah. And everything they smile about, nothing gets them down, nothing you know sways them. That's how he was.
1: you know I've been around a lot of people that dealt with serious serious things, and this is definitely one and you know and I look at the children that that are going through this because I you know I used to go out to the hospitals and uh, read to the children and I would see the kids with the leukemia and the ones that are fighting the sickle cell and you know, all different types of illnesses. And one thing I can say about them, they live life to the fullest. Mm-hmm. Every, every minute that they're not sick or every minute that they're not going through pain, they're happy, they're having fun. You know. And I think they do that because when they are down, it takes so much out of them that they enjoy the times that they're not hurting. And if you look at us a lot of times we're not hurting but it seems like we're suffering and we are going through things. Mm-hmm. And if we compare the things that we're going through to the what these people that are going through with sickle cell and and, and just anything not only sickle cell but going through any, everything else.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, we would learn to live our lives the way that God created it, you know, for us to live.
0: Yeah. So
1: you know, you and I both we're, we're going to start going around speaking uh, for the sickle cell thing here in Tallahassee, Florida, and one thing that I want to learn is how do I address address the issue with someone that was just diagnosed with this, and how are we going to deal with the parents? I know we're going through training,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but you know that's something that that's on your mind, you know. And we need to really know how are we going to address this issue with the parents?
0: Right, right. You know, and and. It's, it's going to be a tough one, I tell you, because, you know, when I go out and talk about uh, HIV and AIDS, you know, when I go give presentations on that and abstinence and all that type of stuff, see, those are all preventable. You know, those are all preventable diseases, yes. you know, because those are, those are viruses. But this one, you know, this one is actually built up in the very essence of a person. You know, yeah. it's like somebody that carries the HIV virus. You know, they carry it because they get it from somebody else. You know, and it, and you can pass it on to another person from person to person. But this uh, this issue, you know, uh, sickle cell anemia, is actually brought out by a birth. So this is actually birthed into some to a person. It's not preventable in that manner. The only way that you can prevent it is that a person that carries the trait doesn't have a child with another person that carries the trait. You know, and so the only, like I say, the only preventable way is that you know what whether you carry the trait or not, and then you bet you basically have to be very selective with your mate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And for some people, that's not really. You know, you don't go around with a the, with the test saying, hey, you know, you look good. I think I want to marry you and have children. Oh, by the way, can you take this test, you know? I mean, and some people actually do that, but they don't, you know, that's something for like HIV because they look at that as, that's going to kill me, you know. But they don't think, I mean, the last thing you think about is, oh, hey, I need to take a test to make sure I don't, you know, have a six-cell trait.
1: yeah."
0: You know, or you need to take a test to make sure you don't have sickle cell trait. You know, that's the furthest thing from your mind.
1: And you know what, Brian, a lot of times it happened by accident. Mm-hmm. The kids could be playing at school and something happens, and they take them to the emergency room, and the doctor sees something and says, wait a minute, something is wrong here. And then they have to deal with that. They have to, they have to listen to that doctor say, you know, your child has sickle cell. Now the entire their entire world has changed. Now it's upside down,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you know if and it's so important that we need that we all know God, all right? Because without Him we can't do anything, and with Him we can deal with this. We mm-hmm. that that's our hope. He's our Creator, you know. And these children, I tell you, they don't give up. No, they are fighters. They are fighters. And we were talking with a gentleman last night that's been dealing with it since the age of eight years old. Mm -hmm. How, How old is he now, Brian? Do you know?
0: I think he's in his early 40s or late 30s now.
1: Yeah. And one thing he said that he had to do is he had to stay away from negative people. Yeah. He said he had to stay away from negative people because negative people will kill you. He... This man doesn't have time to waste with negative people because it's draining his energy. It's sucking the life out of him. And, you know, that's just not what he needs. He needs to be around people that are positive, that's going to push him, you know, and just just lift him up. And that's what we all need.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure, Brian, when you were growing up, you, you know, you were dealing with your, your friend that had it. I, I'm sure you were positive to him.
0: Well, you know, the thing about it, the kid that, when we were in elementary school, everybody was really protective over him because they knew he couldn't, you know, because, you know, if somebody punched him, he literally, you know, he couldn't, take a, he couldn't take a shove or a push.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so we were like, you know, you basically had, like, a group of kids who would protect him. When people would try to bully him, everybody would come to his rescue, right. you know. And I, and I think that, you know, that's one thing about kids. When they see somebody that's, like, literally really, really help, Not I don't want to say helpless, but when they see somebody that really can't defend themselves, you know, kids have an amazing way of saying, I'm going to defend that person because yes. I know that's not right. Yes. But if it's somebody that can defend themselves, oh, they'll dog them out and, and rag on them all day long, you know, because you have a defense. But for somebody with no type, you know, that can't defend themselves, kids just, you know, and... I think that's indicative of people, you know, for the most part. We tend to come to the defense of folks who we know can't defend themselves. But if there's somebody who actually can defend themselves, then we're like, oh, you're on your own. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: let me ask you this, Brian. You know, you're dealing with the HIV AIDS and and everything. Why do you think it is in the African-American community that we don't get tested? We don't go in to find out about sickle cell and HIV, you know, I've heard people say I'd rather die and not know. I'd rather have it and not know.
0: You know, I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a couple of things. You know, first, I believe it's just the fact that we're not very trusting of doctors. You know, if you can remember things like the Tuskegee experiment and Atlanta child murders and all that type of stuff, people just don't have a trust for the doctor. They believe that the doctors gonna give them something that's gonna make them sicker, so they can keep them coming back to the doctor, you know. Mm-hmm. And so they're just very, they're just not very trusting of doctors, you know. And and I say this, you know, not to offend anybody, but especially old blacks. You got an old black man; he ain't going to the doctor, you I've know. Heard that. I've heard that. Old black man is not going to the doctor. He, I, I'm not going that doctor ain't sticking me with nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And, you know, the other thing I think is it's kind of built up in like a pride thing. You know, when you go to the doctor, typically, depending on, you know, what what you have or, you know, whatever diagnosis you're going in to have them do, like a physical whatever, you know, you have to basically expose yourself. You know, I can remember the first time I went for a prostate exam. And it was very humiliating for me, you know, because I'm like, you got to do what? You can't just draw no blood? Oh, yeah, we're going to draw blood too, but, you know, drop your shorts and bend over. And I'm like, (laughs) no, you know. (laughs) And and, And I said to myself, I said, I'm glad that I don't have to do that for another 10 years. You know right, and so it's just it's just the fact that you know a lot of people well I'll just say in, in particular, a lot of blacks just they don't they don't they don't trust the doctor, and then it's not a habit thing, it's not habitual, you know typically you get sick, you get over it because you maybe you know maybe in your family you can't afford health care, you know maybe in your family you can't you don't you don't have the means to get there. You know, I mean, so or maybe in your family it's just your mama never took you to the doctor, and you lived all this long. You ain't taking your kids to the doctor. You got home remedies. You know, grandma used to go in the backyard, pull about ten weeds up, cook them, boil them in a pot. Sip, <laughs> you sipping, and you was you was jumping off the wall the next day. You know. Yeah. And so I think that's the mindset we have that you know we can take our own home remedies and heal ourselves, which is I'm not saying that's a bad thing. You know, but sometimes, you know, you know, when 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 you got a broken arm, you don't put a Band-Aid on it with a with a, with a bit of salve that grandma had. You know, you go to the doctor and you let them put it in the cast.
1: That's true. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. If you have any questions for us, please feel free to call in at seven one eight five zero eight nine six zero zero. Again, that's seven one eight. Five zero eight nine six zero zero. Brian, we have a caller from the nine seven two area code. Caller, are you it. there?
3: Yes, I am. Hi. Hi.
1: How can we help you?
3: <laughs> I'm just listening to the <laughs> or how, show.
1: Or, our, or how can you help us?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just listening to the show. I agree with a lot of what's being said.
1: Okay, okay. You 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 ever had to deal with anything like this? You know of any you know, when you were in school coming up, did you deal with this?
3: Well, as far as the last part of what what Brian said, dealing with the elders in my family, that is so very true. Beginning with my parents and my grandparents, they will walk around sick for a week before they admit it, first of all, and then second of all getting them to the doctor is a job in and of itself because they want to make sure that they can do all that they can before they go anywhere.
1: But, you know, God created us all, and and don't you think that God gave these people the talent and the gift that they have as doctors to do just that? That's true. You know, at some point we're going to have to trust somebody, especially when you're sick especially right. when you're going through. Not everybody is out to hurt you. Right. You know, and, and I think that's something that we really, you know, that's the real reason Brian and I are really getting into the sickle cell and doing the presentations and going around. It's not about the money. It's about trying to help people and, and and arm the people with the knowledge that they need and to get tested and to live, you know, healthy lives. And, you know, because, you know what, you can know the word, but if your health is not doing <laughs> doing you any good, then you're in trouble. Not only do you know we have to strengthen our body, that's our temple. So we definitely have to strengthen ourselves and, not, and get the knowledge that we need to remain healthy. So, uh, caller, when you were in mm-hmm. school, did you, did you have any any of your friends that were dealing with sickle cell or when did you first come to know about it?
3: Well, not any classmates personally. Just recently within the last, I would say, five to eight years, I uh, had a family member, a younger family member who dealt with it. Um, He has since passed on, but he dealt with it for just about all of his life. Mm -hmm. And um, what Brian said and what you said earlier is so true. There's such a strong need for... Information about this within the African American community specifically, because we are so <laughs> uneducated in so many things, and we sometimes we just prefer not to know for just out of the fear of knowing we would have to deal with that face to face and make choices and deal with that situation, I've had conversations with friends earlier in my life when I was dealing with some issues of my own, health issues, and I just came out and asked a friend, okay, if you were confronted with the opportunity to know whether or not you had AIDS or cancer or fill in the blank, would you choose to? And she looked me directly in the eye and said, no, I would not choose to. I would choose not to know and to live my life happily not knowing And that, to me, is scary.
1: Yes, this is not something that's just going to go away. No. (laughs) It has to be dealt with. You know, we we have another caller from the 314 area code. Caller, are you there?
2: Yes, I am. Good evening.
1: Hi, how are you?
2: I am blessed, and how are all of you this evening? Doing great. We're doing fine.
0: You have a question or comment?
2: Well, um, I actually have two comments. The first is, I just so happen to have a child who's diagnosed with sickle cell trait. Mm. And I was told this the day she was born. And from that point on, my life has been quite interesting because I had to do a lot of research. And the thing about it was, My question was, where did it come from? So I had to do a lot of family research, and that's something that we have to emphasize also, the very importance of getting to know your family history. Know the diseases and the ailments that your family, not just your father, but your grandfather and your great-grandfather, and come to find out the trait had actually came from my father's side. And I didn't even know, I wasn't even aware of how many children on my father's side was actually diagnosed with the full-blown sickle cell. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even know the trait was even in me for it to come forth through my third child. My first two, normal, nothing came. But the third one, it just so happened that this time it did.
1: When did you find out your... your, your Uh, They
2: did the testing. They asked me when she was born, was I interested in her being tested for it. And I said, yes.
1: Hmm. Is she suffering from it now? Well,
2: she has trait. She has so trait.
1: So when are having okay.
2: Okay. a trait, she'll have some of the symptoms of the aches and pains, but then it'll be normal, and then she'll go again with some more aches and pains. It's a back-and-forth thing for her.
1: So She's seven know, now. Yeah, so you're, in your adult life, you didn't know about it until... I didn't
2: know that there was a trait in my family
1: until my daughter was born. Wow. And you know, Brian it was it was so uh interesting. Well, it was it was shocking to me. Uh we was, we were talking with a gentleman last night and he was saying how small the sickle cell foundation is that they really don't have exactly. a lot of support. And I just couldn't believe that. It's yeah. just so amazing that so many uh African Americans are are walking around with the trait or walking around with this and no one is saying anything about it. And right. there's
2: actually a popular uh, artist who is diagnosed with sickle cell. Uh, left eye, I mean uh, T. Bob from TLC. Yeah, yeah right, that's right, right, that's right. And that gave a little attention for a minute, and then it was like a bleep that was there for a minute, and then it went off the radar again.
1: Why do you, you know? With everybody on the call, why do you guys think that it's not something that's really uh, talked about a lot on the television and not put out there. We don't see a lot of ads about it. We see the cancer. We see the, the, all the other all the other things. But why do you think this thing is just falling to the wayside?
0: You know, Greg. When I think about it, you have to um, you have to look at who it affects the most.
2: hmm Exactly. And see, it's
0: affecting African Americans the most. You know, it's not a disease that you see other cultures or other races suffer from, and so you don't really have a person or people out there speaking about it, you know, and the other thing is you don't see it a lot because there's no real ownership of it, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like if you're not really talking about it, when somebody starts talking about it, you say, oh, okay, fine, one person's talking about it, two people talking about it, like in the case of HIV, you have Hundreds and thousands of people who are talking about this all the time. They're putting the information out there. They're lobbying Congress. They're getting money. And see, this thing is a money issue. In order to get the word out, you need funds. And if you don't have the funding to get the word out, it's very difficult to get the word out. You know, I mean, just imagine trying to get a TV spot to talk about anything, you know, putting an ad in the newspaper if you want it on the front page it's what $7,500 or something like that
2: mm-hmm.
0: and so you know the funding is not there because the you know you don't have enough people out there pushing for the funding or trying to rally around you know the awareness of of the disease you know you hear more people pushing for to have a organ donor you know then they do they do a a whole lot of stuff for organ donor because organ donation is not just something that's relegated to a particular race. Now, in that case, you know, organ donations on Afro- African Americans are actually very low. You know, but um, and a lot of that is dealt with fear, but that's another show.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, you know, I, I think that's that's one of the key factors is that. You know, you don't have the funding because you don't have the voice out there, and that voice is not really loud enough. Like I know the local organization here, they do uh, two big events. They do a 5K run, and they host another fundraiser. And I think it's a three-on-three basketball tournament. And those are the two main fundraising arms that they use every year. You know, and they rely on those two – Uh, those two functions to support their cause you know and you need to be quite honest you don't really have a huge participation in either of the two but you do something like with MDA or if you do something with the March of Dimes you have literally or United Way and they're raising millions and millions and millions of dollars you know and then you have something that's as serious as sickle cell anemia you know it's just as serious as muscular dystrophy it's just as Serious as leukemia is just as serious as lupus and any other disease out there that you know that you know because it could possibly kill you. Well, let me but, let me ask this:
1: in all things, there is you know, no matter what, there is a solution to everything.
2: hmm
1: In 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 talking about sickle cell tonight, what can we as a people do? to deal with this, to come up with a solution, to come up with a plan or a strategy, to say, you know what, I've seen this happen. We have a caller on the phone right now. Her daughter has a trait of it. Mm -hmm. What can we do? You know, I know one thing that we're going to have to stop wasting our time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We're spending a lot of time with foolishness and mess when we can be out doing something to help the next generation that's coming up to To do something out there to promote this thing about the awareness of sickle cells, so people will know what to do. You know, we can talk about it all day, but unless we come up with some type of strategy to make some type of action or plan to say, this is what we need to do, and you know, and this is something that I'm going to do. I made, you know, I made a promise to myself just yesterday that I'm going to get involved with the sickle cell. Foundation. I'm going to get involved, and I'm going to make all the contacts so that I can go around and, and give the presentations. You know, Brian and I, we, we do the presentations on obesity, mm-hmm. HIV, AIDS, and awareness. We motivate people. We go into jails. We go into the prisons. We're doing all of this where we're sidestepping the real issues that are really hurting our own people.
2: Yeah.
1: So, you know, we need to come up with some plan, some type of strategy. I mean, we need to get active, Absolutely. and I think and I think that's that's one of the problems. If your voice is not heard, no one will know.
3: Greg, yes, I think that there are people out there, like Brian said, speaking up about it. But what came to mind when he was saying about MDA and HIV, when you say those, when you say each of those diseases an image pops into your mind. When you say MDA, what do you automatically think of?
2: Jerry Jerry Lewis. Lewis.
3: Right. There's a face associated with Mm -hmm. it and a name attached Mm -hmm. to it. So it has that automatic backing. So I think the right person hasn't stepped up to the plate yet. We're still dealing with this in an individual basis. There are people out there speaking out, but they're not... Being backed in the right way or mm-hmm. in, a, in an effective way, yet it is possible if someone can step up and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, celebrities are jumping on the, ba- on the bandwagon with all these different causes and so forth, but it has to—it has to be the right person to champion that to get it kicked off.
2: Sure. I mean,
3: an everyday Joe can do it. Mhm. But if you don't know that every day, Joe, you know, it's it's not gonna be as widespread and, and known out there as somebody who is already well known to at least get it kicked off in my opinion.
2: To give you an example of that, um, like just recently there's been this big media blitz about Elton John and Tony Braxton coming out with children with autism. And that was another one of those conditions that not a lot of people spoke about. Uh That was something that, you know, you've heard of it, and you may have seen it every now and then. But now these two prominent celebrities are spearheading all this information out and getting research information out and trying to get a foundation working together. But I totally agree with the caller is that we – we need united. We need to be united all together. Period. I mean, the average just as well as the average Joe and the celebrities. They need to quit worrying about the bling and the house and the cribs being on cribs. If you're going to be on cribs, promote a cause: HIV awareness, sickle cell awareness. Promote something else other than yourself, because there's more. There's so many things, and a lot of them. I can t- I can bet a million dollars, and I know I- I'm not a betting person, but I can bet a million dollars, that every celebrity has someone in their family with that either the trait or the uh, actual sickle cell itself.
0: Yeah, you know it's, uh, there was something the, the other caller said that was really profound, and it made me think about something you know when she talked about you know who who's the face. Um, You know, we could actually have a lot of prominent faces that could talk about, um, you know, a lot of these issues. But where are they? You know, I mean, and and this is a pet peeve of mine. So for those who are members of the NAACP, forgive me, it's not personal. It's just a pet peeve that I have. You know, just last week they symbolically buried the N-word. What does that do for people? You know, how does that actually help us to, you know, to move forward? Because I guarantee you, the folks that were standing up there burying that N word used it, oh, <laughs> and hmm. so <laughs> wow. used it before, and so to bury it, you know, in a symbolic gesture meant absolutely nothing to the average person. Now, if they would have taken those same dollars, that same energy, that same media blitz, and that same pub to say, we are going to go out and promote an all-out war against uh, diseases that affect African Americans. We're getting the word out about HIV and AIDS. You know, it's one in 50 blacks that are affected with it. We're getting the word out about sickle cell, lupus and all the other diseases that affect African Americans, high blood pressure, and actually create a forum where people can go and talk and dialogue and strategize and develop and plan a course of action. And I don't see this coming from the folks who are supposed to be the leadership of our country from a social standpoint, from a political standpoint. You know, these are the leaders of our of. of our, our quote-unquote black leaders of our black communities around the country. And their their focus seems to be more on chasing lawsuits for somebody being done wrong because they didn't get served right at the IHOP
1: mm. versus
0: hopping over there and saying, I'm going to support these children that are suffering from this debilitating disease and promote awareness for this.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: All right, I'm off my soapbox.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, you raise you raise
1: some some really really awesome points, and you know it is it is something that's that's uh, just going rampant throughout the uh, African community. You know, it's it's something that's that need to be dealt with. We can't, you know, we we can no longer just turn our head when we see it. You know, you see the, what is it, the the blood donor truck? We see that all over the place. Mm -hmm. We see the people setting up. Brian, we see you guys setting up doing HIV AIDS and testing. How can someone be tested for sickle cell anemia?
0: Well, they typically would have to go to their doctor. I don't know if there's a a test, because I think they have to do a blood test. Right. You know, I don't know if there's like a, they where is, they could go around. Like, like when we do an HIV test, you know, we can do a blood test or we can do the, and like I don't do the blood test. I actually do the swab test.
1: Right, but of, if there's the like reason, a swab that you can do. Right. The reason I say that is because of the research, you guys can do that now. Mm-hmm. But when AIDS first came out, everybody had to go to their doctors. Huh? Right. So that shows the growth and how far they've come with that. Mm-hmm. But with sickle cell anemia, we're told you have to go to your doctor to deal with this,
2: mm-hmm. if right.
1: they had the research and if they were, you know, were, were really doing the research and, and doing this, I'm sure it could be done, uh, handled or, or be be distributed in a different way. What do you think?
0: Oh, I totally agree. You know, and you know the the thing also is that you have to remember, like in the case of AIDS and HIV, it started out. You know, where it was looked at as a gay male disease.
2: Exactly. And so
0: the gay male population fought vigorously to get that connotation off of them. And they also fought for dollars for research.
1: Mm-hmm. You have to have that research.
0: And so, yeah, the research is key, but the dollars have to be there. And uh-huh. because you had these this particular genre of people that were willing to go all out and lobby. They were taking their families to Washington and saying, we need money for research. And so the money was being poured into this research. But you have to remember, sickle cell was there way before HIV. Uh-huh, yeah. exactly. And so... yes. Yes?
3: I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead.
0: You know, and so, you know, what you see is when you have a concerted effort of people. Most of them were just everyday joes. You know, some of them actually suffer from HIV. But when you have a people with a concerted effort that have a vision and a goal and they press forward toward that goal, it can be accomplished.
2: Totally, I totally agree. And the key phrase that she said, they came unified and willing to fight and willing to give their all and willing to have a say, they did not want to be silenced. They're like, hey, you've got to address this because we're going to keep making noise until you address this. You know,
1: and that think, is the key. Yeah, I think one of the most important things, we have to have a strategy We have to have a plan, and we have to go forward with it.
3: We need to have a face, too. I'm not trying to say that celebrities or anybody else are like the saviors for each individual cause or disease, but if you think about it, AIDS did not come to the forefront until Rock Hudson died and the celebrities jumped on the bandwagon. We need research. We need funding. We need to find out what this is. I mean, I'm sure people were were dealing with it before then, but I was awfully young when that happened, by the way. Mm. But I didn't know, (laughs) telling my age. But anyway, when that happened, all I remember is I didn't know anything about it until this celebrity died from it. And all of a sudden, it's all over the news. People are wanting to know more information about it. It put it in the public's face. Mm.
0: You you have to
3: deal with this now.
0: I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But it made me think about who else in the public eye who was a very prominent member who actually was an African-American who died from it? Arthur Ashe. Arthur Ashe,
1: yes. Right.
0: But yet you didn't see black people just rush out and say oh my god we got to do something about this
2: mhm
0: and partly it was because they didn't see it being a problem for them right you know mm-hmm. and it's the one thing about myths you know cuz we deal with when we when we're talking about these things we deal with a lot of myths like when you think about sickle cell with sickle cell most people think Oh, he must be drunk. Oh, he must be. Oh, he on drugs. Look how he's shaking. He's so frail. She's so frail. You mm-hmm. know. Look how bad she looks. There's something wrong with her. I don't know. She must be on. She on crack. He on
1: his stuff.
0: She on that mm-hmm. stuff. Oh, Brian, is you know, that
1: is, is is that what you call selfish living?
0: You know, I don't. I don't know if you call it selfish living. I think you call it uninformed living. Where you mm-hmm. just live. Day by day, not being really informed on the issues, and you just settle for whatever people give you versus going out and finding out for yourself. You know, it's like you turn on the TV, and you and you say, everything that's on the TV, I believe it.
2: Mm.
0: You know, versus going out and, and actually opening a book and reading it, or, you know, actually going to a library and deciding to just sit down and grab the first book you see and read it you know i don't know many people who can say they've actually been in a library in the last 5 years
2: mm. Mm. good point
0: except for when they're picking their kids up <laughs> you know or taking their kids there you know or somebody who can actually say they read a book other than the book they had to study for a test for you know mm-hmm.
2: or a cd romance novel
0: or, or exactly or a romance novel you know
2: harry potter
0: you know, yeah.
3: well, yeah, Please. that too.
0: You know, but the, the thing is, I think we as a people, we have to start, you know, arming ourselves with information, you know, because, see, we'll, you know, and, and you know, when, when you use this statement that I'm going to use, a lot of people get upset and they think, oh, you're not being patriotic, but we are at war, and we're at war with the world,
2: uh-huh. mm-hmm. and
0: see, we can't, and, and so... The weapons of the world, we can't win using the weapons of the world. We have to we have to develop our minds because the way that you beat the world's weapons is through thought. That's right. through, you know, the devil works with thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. And so the way that you defeat him is you use those same things because those weapons are not carnal. Uh. You know, you can't punch a thought. You can't punch an idea. You can't cut a suggestion, you know, so it's all in your mind. I think if we start to arm ourselves with this, with with the information that we need to win this war, then we will win.
1: You know, Brian, uh, the answer to all of this is in the Bible. Absolutely. That's our weapon. I think. That's what Jesus used. Mm-hmm. When he was tempted in the forty days and the forty nights, that's what he used. He used the, the word mm-hmm. every time the enemy came. He said, "For it is written, for it is written," and he knew the word. Mm-hmm. You know, so many times we have all the Bibles in our in our homes, but they're just there for decorations. I guarantee you.
0: Twenty third Psalm, and it's nice and shrink wrapped.
1: Yeah, yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's it's you see Bibles all over the house. But we don't know what the we-, we don't know what our weapon, and we don't know what the word says. So when the enemy comes and we don't know how to fight him, what are you fighting? How are you fighting him? Mm-hmm. The enemy knows the word, mm-hmm. and he will use mm-hmm. the word and twist it. If you don't know it, you're gonna listen to what he's saying. Mm-hmm. So you have to arm yourself and know the word for yourself to fight him, because. You will be in the fight for your life once you com- you know, give your life over to Christ. You're in a fight for your I mean, it is a fight. We have to pick up the Word. We have to pick up the Bible and read it. If not, you're just a sitting duck walking.
0: Uh-huh. You're
1: sitting duck walking and he's coming. So I say, you know, again, it goes back to what are we investing our time in? What are we doing with our time? Are we watching Lifetime and the soap operas and we're watching this stuff that we can't even. <laughs> we can't Walmart even. You know, yeah, that stuff has nothing whatsoever to do with us. Uh-huh. But we're watching it. And now because we're watching it, we're becoming it. Mm. So if you're watching drama, I guarantee you, you have drama in your life.
2: Mm.
1: I guarantee you. Well,
0: I'm what, 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 watching what are
1: you allowing to come <laughs> in? Is <the> question. <laughs>
2: Hey,
0: I got to use the principle.
2: But it it goes to a, it's an old saying that says you are what you eat. Yeah, mm-hmm. And Absolutely. everything that you're looking at, you're actually
1: feeding your spirit. And that's your daily bread. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's your daily bread. So we need to we need to look at another kind of bread. We need to invest our time a little bit more wisely. I
2: totally agree.
1: Because it's so important. Yeah. Our time is so important and we waste it. So, you know, we need to, you know, the caller's on the phone now. Uh, We need to take some type of steps. And, and caller, I know your daughter, you know, was diagnosed with this. And uh, are you affiliated with any type of program or or, are you?
2: I'm aware of the programs. In my local area, so when situations come up, they're basically question answer services where they'll if they'll have a phone line available for me if I have questions about any of her uh symptoms that she may show, but there's not really a concrete uh organization per se, but I take it upon myself, especially I deal with young ladies who are pregnant. I do make certain that when they have when they're about to have their children, I let them know to make sure if the doctors ask you to be tested for sickle cell, your child should be tested for sickle cell because they do at the same time they do the blood tests for all the other things when the baby's first born, and it's best that you know as early as possible so that you'll know how to handle it throughout her
1: life or his life so so the doctors are asking the questions at birth well. My doctor
2: did, and because I wanted to know everything,
1: <laughs>
2: I wanted to know everything. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, we definitely it's, have But it's know. an optional test, so that's the thing about it. You would have to either request it, or your doctor would ask you, "Were you interested in?" It. All right, all right.
1: Well, I tell you, you know. Uh, Knowledge is the key. We really have to study this thing, and we're really going to have to get out there and and, and do what we can to get the word out to people. Because, you know, if one person carries a trait and the other person carries a trait and they get together Uh and they have a child, that child is going to suffer.
2: Exactly.
1: Mm -hmm. That child is going to suffer. Exactly. So it's so important that we know. And, you know, it goes back to when I was saying that, uh, I I don't know, what state are you in, Carla? Uh, The one with... uh, Missouri. Okay. Do you guys when you when you get married, do you guys do a have a blood test? No. Did they just do away with that in all states
0: or? I think so? No.
1: I believe so.
2: I believe there are still a few southern states that still have the blood test, but
0: not
1: too many. Why do why why did they have this test to begin with? Why were they doing it to begin with? That's Does anybody case. know?
0: You know, there's a lot of, the word is out on that. You know, um, I heard that they were doing it because um, they would initially see if. So you were Kim? Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah I, I, are you serious? I, <laughs> I, oh, my I goodness.
2: That.
0: I heard that, too. I heard that. You know, but, I, but I, to be honest, I think that was like a joke. <laughs> I hope so. Then <laughs> there actually are some states that do it, mm-hmm. the District of Columbia does it, Georgia, Indiana,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Massachusetts, Mississippi, Montana, Oklahoma. I think that's all that I see on this list. And so there, there isn't actually blood test and uh, a waiting period that you have that you have to uh, take for uh, every couple that wishes to marry must comply with the state's requirement. Only a few states require blood tests, right? Or a blood test and a physical exam to show whether a person is, or whether one party is infected with an STD.
1: Wow, that's it.
0: wow. Wow. <laughs> and so that's what they're actually—they're just checking for an STD, you know. Um, and like in the in the case of Indiana, you have to wait three days in some of the counties in Indiana. You know, if you're a resident of Delaware, you have to wait one day or four days if you're not a resident. You know, and so some have waiting periods and some have blood tests. You know, and some have waiting periods and blood tests, like in the case of Mississippi. They have they have both where you have to wait three days and you have to take a blood test.
3: If there's any place in the world that needs a blood test, it needs to be Vegas.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Let's see. And a waiting period too. <laughs>
0: Nevada does have has neither a waiting period nor a blood test. Mm
1: hmm.
0: But you have Wisconsin; they have a waiting period. Washington has a waiting period. Texas has a seventy-two hour waiting period. Three days.
2: Hmm. I didn't know that.
0: Yep. So if you get married in Texas, you have to uh, once you get your once you apply for your license, you have to wait seventy-two hours before you can actually get married.
3: And the reason being, I don't get that.
0: Well, uh, it's part of the the state laws for premarital procedures. So they have, you know, each of them have a a different, you know, thing, I guess. Like Florida is three days. Waiting period. If you want to get married, you go get your license, and then you have to wait three days before you actually get married. But there's no blood test in Florida.
1: Or could that be because it takes three days for a contract to become binding?
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, they. It could be.
1: Could be. You never know. You never know. That could be it. That could be it. So, Brian, uh, where, where are you speaking next week?
0: Uh, next week we're going to be at the Leon County Jail.
1: Oh yeah, that's right.
0: And we're also going to be at uh, at youth track with the, oh. with the youth.
1: Okay.
0: So we're going to have some fun.
1: You know what? We're gonna, we're going to have to try to sneak it in about the sickle cell at these events as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. We we'll, can we can get it in. Okay. okay.
3: You guys should contact the Sickle Cell Anemia Foundation in Dallas. I'm sure they would love to have you come out and speak.
1: Yes. You know, for anybody that's listening, if you need to get in touch with me or Brian, my email address is Gregory Turner at com. I'm sorry, it's long. Yes, it is long. Gregoryturner <laughs> at com. Brian, what's your email address?
0: My email address is info at mindalteringstrategies.com. Yeah, mine is long as well. That's <laughs> info at mindalteringstrategies.com com, And you also can reach us on MySpace. My MySpace is www.myspace.com slash Brian J. Henderson. And Greg, Greg's is, what is yours, Greg? Yours is www.myspace.com slash motivation. And tonight you are listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We'd like to thank all of our callers that called in. And we'd like to thank the listeners who all listened in. Uh, Our goal is to be more, do more, have more. Uh, Make sure you listen to us on Friday night at 9 o'clock. We're going to have another powerful show, and we are sure that you will enjoy it. Until then, be blessed.